What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Let me turn on the recording. Okay. I don't even have my headset on, so I have no yeah. idea how I sound. You uh, sound good. Well, I'm so glad that you think I sound good. Oh, you sound good. Uh, do you need more or less on your headphones? Because I can turn them down or up. I'm fine. You're fine? You're yeah, sure? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. And then on mine, oh, hello. That's pretty loud, but that'll work. Okay. Yep, that'll work. So I got mine turned up, got yours turned up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn you down there. I can always turn you up later. I should have brought more spoons. You don't think you have enough spoons? For, let's see. There's more in the bag. I got a sack full. I got another. They're in the bag. <laughs> I'll find them. Do I need to push the soundboard closer to you so that you have a little bit more headphone space there? There. Yeah. Eh, I'm going to move it anyway. Yeah. I'm okay. good. Everybody else is down. Yeah. And uh, see, we, we got, are. We each got five. We got five spoons. Oh. I, got, I got six. I got two more. Just, uh, you keep moving. I know. I'm looking. <laughs> Trying to figure out what the hell and where everything is. <laughs> so just to, to give everybody a... Um... I'm here. Oh, Daniel. Daniel texted me earlier, 32 minutes ago. I'm digging. Oh. Huh. So we are, we are back in, uh, just to give everybody an idea of what's going on, we are back in the rehearsal space studio so that Ken and I can be in person. Um, one of the first things that I said to him whenever we walked in the door today was, are you ready to get high? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I swear to God, this place, there are so many people in this place that smoke mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. Even though we are literally the first people through the door in mm-hmm. the morning, mm-hmm. we got here before the guy even got here to unlock stuff for us. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door and it hits you like a wall. Like the walls themselves are so permeated with it that it is, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off the show in uh, a normal mindset. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a Coke and I've got a coffee. We have a whole smorgasbord of honey and some fresh baked French oh. bread. Oh, and oh. we're okay. gonna end the show somewhere between this and the bonus segment. Cracked out on caffeine, sugar, and a contact high. <laughs> I was gonna tell you, I got a credit card. Oh, uh, um, you got the coke. I have a credit card. <laughs> Holy <laughs> I was so lost. Um, let me let me rephrase that then. Yeah, I have a Coca Cola. Yeah, there you go. I have a Coca Cola and a coffee, and we have a smorgasbord of honey. So yeah. that's where the sugar is going to come from. The Coca Cola is a liquid brown beverage that yeah. I should not be drinking, but it is not a white powder. And don't yeah. do drugs, kids. I know. I don't. <laughs> Not now. I used to when I was younger. Well, the, the PSA for everybody else is don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't That's do it. drugs, That's kid. It. Drugs don't are bad. Yeah, I can tell you all about how bad they are. I'm trying to be nice. I'm, I, I was sitting here putting all this stuff together. I'm sitting there. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead and ask me the other thing that you, because that, I wanted to set the stage for where we were. Mm-hmm. Now ask me the question that you asked me just a minute ago about going and, and uh, 
what we were going to do with all this. You said we needed a server. Yeah, we need a guy to come in here and and dip the little spoons in uh, our plastic spoons into the honeys so that we can we can uh, you you're on one end of the table, I'm on the other end of the table. It's a long table, so we're socially yeah. distanced. This yeah. is a six foot table. Yeah. At, at minimum, six foot? It might be. I, think eight. I think it's an eight foot table. I don't believe it is. Um, but and and so you think we need a server, which would be a great idea. Oh, yeah. It's it's a shame. But we that have we, to give them a, a mask. Yeah, it's a shame that we did not. Uh, <laughs> we don't have anybody here observing like well, we did. Why the, did you the tell Natalie? Natalie would have come up here and done it for <laughs> us in a heartbeat. Um, so who who were you who were you nominating then uh, here in the building? You wanted me to go get who? The guy out there in the front. You yeah. know, wanted this lit up probably <laughs> right, right already. out of his mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we better not. <laughs> Freaking early in the morning and he's already cracked out of his mind. Um, and Ken wants him to come and serve us food. Yeah. So that's probably not a great idea. No. Oh, so there, there might have to be a, a bit of uh, editing in here to make this flow a little bit better for everybody because um, with it being a long table and with us having one, two, three, four, six. five, six different types of honey, uh, this could be tricky. Now, again, we've already done a honey tasting episode. Oh, so, yeah. Um, and we had a sommelier. We did. We had the honey sommelier. And she went through and, uh, you know, walked us through all of that. So we've done that. And then in the last episode, so this is going to be the third episode in a row where we're going to be tasting honey. And I do apologize, but- And we're going to do one more. Ken's addicted. Um, I like to taste the different flavors. Well, see, yeah, see, we we started him on a new addiction. And so he has went and got, well, one of almost everything that he could try to get a hold of. And then there were some of them that got back ordered that will be here next week. Yeah. So we'll be doing this again next week. We got week. an orange blossom. Um, we got a- we, we do have other things to talk about yeah, on do. this main segment. So mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how this is all going to flow, but I did bring you something and what? this is, uh, this will be kind of to talk about, see if you can catch. Probably <laughs> not, but we'll see. <laughs> there, you, I got it. You hit a couple things, but you caught it. That is fresh beeswax. That's what I say. That's wax. Yep, that's beeswax melted down. I haven't got mine yet. Filtered and strained <laughs> twice and put into a cube. Um, so, so by you saying you haven't got yours yet, we can go ahead and tackle a yeah. listener. Rachel, comment. I'm sorry. Yes. From yeah, Rachel. Rachel, sorry. Here's a. I do. I will get my award-winning fall, honey. Oh, whatever. It's not going to be fall. It's still spring. You never extracted it. It didn't change just because the season changed. It is whatever they brought in and capped. And once it's capped, it's preserved and it's yeah. just there. Yeah, but how are we going to pull the, it's going to have, by this time, it's going to have the dark in there with it. It's not going to be in the exact same comb. That comb is already capped and sealed. So it's going to probably be in the, whatever box you added after or any box that was oh. empty before. So the, the one box, when I went out there months ago yeah. <laughs> and told you to extract that box, yeah. that box, if they never uncapped it and used it, it's all still spring honey. Yeah, it's spring So honey. then any box above or below that that you take mm -hmm. that was not capped at the time, that could then have fall honey in it. Yeah, we, got, we had uh, three boxes. We got to do two or three. And the last time when we looked in it, though, it's been three or four weeks ago, there was a lot of nectar in there. And I'm sitting there, oh, let's, let them try that nectar out. And uh, 
so then we can get that fronty too. But uh-huh, uh-huh. that's what it amounts to. Uh-huh. So we mentioned on our Patreon bonus episode last week that Ken was buying all of these different honeys and we were going to do a little tasting. Mm-hmm. And Rachel commented on that and said, well, I sure hope you haven't already recorded Ken's ca- tasting demo because if you have, he better have extracted his award-winning honey to that include. Not Otherwise, yet. we're going to start to suspect that he's all talk <laughs> and no action. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That smells so good. Yeah, so I brought the wax in because um, we are going to talk today about the aftermath of the extracting process and what you can do with your wax, just the preliminary stages of how to go through and and render that down and um, some of the different uses and stuff for it. I'm not going to go so far into depth as to like do recipes and whatnot, but that right there is the ultimate raw form that can then be used to, you know, sell to people that want to use it for other recipes and things like that. So... We will talk about that, um, but first, we're going to go through and uh, we're going to we're going to try some of these honeys. So tell us what we've got here, Ken, from left to right. What is that? Left. I had to pick up a rock. Okay, this is Chico honey. No. O H B honey. Is it? Is no, it? It's Chico. That's what they call it. Yeah, see? I see. That's the name of it. But yeah. is it literally Chico honey, or is that just a clever name, or I is it wildflower honey? It's pure raw Hawaiian. Wildflower honey. Okay, so this is the honey that Max bought him for his birthday last year, and it was a massive freaking container. We've ate most of it. And it's still got a quarter of it left in there that's Mm -hmm. crystallized. So we've got that first. Mm -hmm. The second one down there is some of my spring honey from this Mm -hmm. year. The third one is Tupelo. Is Tupelo honey. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is Manuka honey. Manuka honey. The fifth one is avocado Mm -hmm. honey. Avocado. Avocado. Boy, I sure do like that avocado, <gasps> honey. That's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the last one is a mystery from another continent. Really? Yeah. We'll read it when we get to it. Yeah. And I put it last on purpose because when it's done, we're going to switch over with some nice French, fresh, fresh, break, fresh, fresh baked French baked bread. French bread. And we're going to slather some of the other honeys that are not the last honey on it to try and wash the taste of the last honey out of our mouths. Yeah, now we're going to have, we're going to need that again next week. No, we're not going to tell that. We're not telling that. Okay. Sorry if everybody could hear that. I just took a big drink of my Coke. <laughs> I did not snort anything. Although it is possible to snort Coca-Cola if somebody <laughs> makes you laugh. Yeah, yeah. So, again, kids, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Um, That's it. And we are not getting high no. on purpose no, not when we come here. It is a unfortunate side effect of the building. Uh-huh. Um, I have I they, have only seen somebody smoking here one time, and it, it was the guy probably, that unlocked the door out front on a smoke break when we first come to check the place out. Um, but I, I think since how this is a rehearsal space for bands and musicians, yeah. um, Austin, they, Austin, in Austin, Texas. yeah, they yeah. usually don't show up until like one o'clock or later to start doing their rehearsals mm-hmm. and practices and whatnot. And, you know, they, you know, they, mm-hmm. they got to have their, uh, I don't know what to say there. Um, well, they're trying to act like they're, they're from the seventies. They, they got to have their you know, stuff to help them with their creative process. And the God of Davida was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden. In the God of Davida. In the God of Davida sounds better than the Garden of Eden. <laughs> okay, we'll quit. But uh, no, we, uh, oh, I know what the wax is good for. The wax, this wax, I, I got to get me a guy that plays fiddle. 
is to wax his bow with. That's banjo, right? Dueling banjo. That's banjo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything else. Now you also use it on your on your bow string, which is your bow and arrow string. uh, On you wax your bow string. Did you know that? Uh, No. Yeah. All right, Ken. One, two, three. I only have four spoons. One, two, three, four, five, six. Look, everybody, we can count. There are six honeys. I've got four spoons. That's okay. I can, you I know. I've got more. If we can use one to dip and I can mm. I can just, you know, mm. repeatedly know. lick the spoon. No. There's one there. Maybe this should and be the bonus episode. Throw it. <laughs> now there's <laughs> one of them on the floor. <laughs> that was the strangest toss I've ever seen. <laughs> It was, okay. That was, that was. I don't know. I don't know how I would have thrown that either. That was probably about the same. But, yeah. All right. Which one we're we gonna try first? Left to right, man. Start off with your okay. Hawaiian honey. Hawaiian honey. Okay. You got a spoon? You just threw them at me. I know. Why did I throw them at you? Okay. From the magic of technology, we managed to pause this in the middle of the recording, so mm-hmm. I don't have to edit it out later. Mm-hmm. But we've we have now spooned up mm-hmm. all of the honeys, and I did take a picture of my six spoons of honey. Mm-hmm. Is that what I've got? Yeah, six each one of them's a different color. They're all different colors. They're all oozing all over my plate. Um, Mine too. And uh, shame we ain't got a dog here to lick the plates. I my, my dog does not like honey, actually. He no, Dante oh, does do. not like honey. Um, Tom likes honey, but Tom will eat literally anything. So mm. the we've got okay, so we've got all these out. They're that's all the neighbor out. kid? No, it's the other dog. Oh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> hey Tom, get over here. What this, is a dog? This is the episode. Tom's a neighbor kid. <laughs> got John and Ken arrested, and then there were they were never heard from again. Yep. Okay. There was drugs, there was Yep. Inappropriate things with neighbor children. Yep. It was a really, really bad episode. Yeah. Sorry, I was drinking coffee. I know. I shouldn't have done that right before. Here, let me take a drink of Coke and wash the coffee out of my mouth so I can taste honey. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's still going to have to be editing in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be. <laughs> Just to eliminate all the breaks of to- uh, the pauses. Okay, so. In a completely unexpected turn of events, and also for the sake of time, unfortunately, we are going to have to move the actual minute physical tasting of each of these honeys over to our Patreon bonus episode that will be out on Thursday this week. I do apologize, but yeah, there's uh, there's some unexpected developments here and, and we're going to have to uh, move along. All right, we're going to pause and, and uh, you know, fast forward this bad boy so we can clean this stuff up here real quick. Okay. And we're back. Um, got to clean little, my teeth. Yeah, my, my hands are all sticky. Couple of little things um, to note. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, there is a band. Yeah, y'all probably hear the drum. <laughs> it's pretty loud. I hear it through my speakers, <laughs> through my headphones. I'm not through them, but over them. There will be a music background to the rest of this episode because there is a band somewhere. <laughs> Hardcore jamming out. Uh, yeah. It started off in the distance while we were eating, and I was like, oh, dear, we better actually get back on the mics yep, and start something. Get this done. Um, but now it is picking up. So hopefully with us being directly in front of the microphones and these microphones not picking up uh, a ton, you may hear it whenever we're talking in the background. So this this will be a, a challenge and a test. But um, we, I, I did about melt Ken's brain because in the middle of all this, I asked him if he liked, he really likes the Tupelo. And I That's asked good. him if he liked the Tupelo more than the Sourwood. 
and and you could hear everything come to a screeching halt and lock up. Um, he said that he can't say that he likes one more than the other. They're no, both good in their own both, right. Right, right. <laughs> the, I'm going to say the the tupelo the tupelo is more floral. It's uh, now the sourwood is damn good honey, but the tupelo might be a little more milder taste than the sourwood. We should have brought the sourwood with me. <laughs> I ate all mine. Mine's gone. My, I got a little bit. Yeah, mine, Mine. Uh, I think Wednesday of this last week in my tea was the last bit of my sourwood, honey. So um, I am mildly impressed and partially annoyed at whoever uh, decided to get up this early in the morning to come <laughs> practice yeah. a full band. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but anyhow, yeah. so... There's not anything we can do about it. <laughs> not at all. It's just, it's there. There's, and I'm not even going to attempt to try to edit it out because that'll screw up all kinds of stuff because it yep. is a background noise. But again, hopefully the mics, the setup and the the room that we're in will muffle it enough that it's not going to be uh, I don't hear it as bad overly distracting. I think it's because they stopped for a second. Mm -hmm. Nope. They're still playing. Oh, they're still playing. Um, okay. So the, uh, the other part of today's show, now that we have spent like 30 minutes talking about nothing and just playing with honey. Oh, it's six different brands. Sorry, kinds of everybody. Honey. Um, that little cube of wax that I brought you. Mm -hmm. So, oh, you know what else actually is really funny? Um, <laughs> you stick a wick in it, make a candle out of it. This is just evil. It'll take me a moment probably to find it. You know, a lot of people, I know John sitting here, well, I was going to talk about that. Was I? How yeah. do you know? Going to sure make, you're not imagining? make candles out of your wax. A lot of people oh, yeah, do. That. And then salves, you can put olive oil in it and a little bit of uh, camphor or something like that uh, and and make a salve out of it to use on your lips or on your uh, hands or whatever. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat. I'm going to do the same thing to you that, uh, that happens to... Um, some of the newer listeners, <laughs> whenever mm -hmm. they ask questions. Um, so we were talking because you still have not extracted your honey. No, I and, haven't. Uh, I'm, a I'm sorry. We were we were talking about, you know, what needed to be done. And, and you kept saying that, uh, you know, well, you know, you needed Max to be there. And I was like, no, you don't. And you're like, but I don't I know, know how to do it. And I was like, well, neither does Max. Max didn't either. So here's your tutorial on how to do it. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to the podcast <laughs> on episode 65 okay. titled The First Honey Harvest. <laughs> uh, you, you get your knife and cut the top off of it, and then you put it in a deal until you get everything ready to put into the... I have to put eight frames in there, and then I turn it on spin it a little while. So, first and foremost, mm -hmm. um, and this is... We're going to talk about this from the wax aspect of it, but it does overlap a little bit with the honey extracting aspect. So if you start off and you take the, I have a, a very, I don't know, it's like a two foot deep, maybe three foot long and two foot wide Tupperware tub. And then I've got a board that I lay across the tub and that board has a little nail poking up in the center of it or a screw actually. And I set the frame. Mm -hmm. uh, you're holding the frame. Mm -hmm. What would that be? Mm -hmm. uh, vertical. Mm -hmm. So that the narrow end is is resting on that nail. Okay. And then you take that extracting tool that mm -hmm. I gave you. Yeah. Or if you're using a, a hot knife or a bread knife or whatever you're using, unless you're using a scraper or one of the rollers that punctures the the 
um, comb, mm-hmm. then this isn't going to work for you if you're using those. But on the other things, you cut off the cappings. Mm-hmm. So that tool that I gave you, you take and you put in there, just and you have it to, down it. yeah, but you have to angle it just right. Mm-hmm. So that you're just taking off the cappings, because if you angle it wrong, it will cut a huge gouge into the comb all the way down to the foundation. Okay. Okay. So you run it over the top, and what you're doing is that board is resting across the center of your tub. Mm-hmm. As you're pulling these wax cappings off, they're falling down into the tub mm-hmm. as well as some of the honey. Once you get both sides of that um, uncapped, you then put it into your extractor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as you repeat this process, your tub is going to eventually fill up mm-hmm. with all these cappings. Then you put your, pour that into your your filter and drip it into your five-gallon bucket. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also, if you do crush and strain, if you have a top bar and you're doing crush and strain on your comb, mm-hmm. you cut the comb off the bar, mm-hmm. and then you literally just crush the hell out of it, and you end up with this giant, thick ball mm-hmm. of wax that's, that's as tight as you can get. damn wax. Yeah. So then you take all of these wax things, and I use my same setup that I use because your extractor obviously spins all the honey out. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out the bottom of the extractor, mm-hmm. runs through whatever you're using filter. for the, mm-hmm. well, it's technically it's a strainer. Yeah. Because okay. filter, they, okay. there are filters. Strainer. Yeah, no, there are right. filters and they're high power. 500 mil strainer. Yeah, it's just a strainer that sits over the top Stainless of your bucket. Steel. It catches any of the little bits of wax, bee parts, anything mm-hmm. that may be unfortunately in there, it catches all that and strains mm-hmm. it out of there. So runs through your strainer into your, your setting bucket. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're doing a crush and strain method and you have like the double five gallon bucket set up mm-hmm. that I've got, mm-hmm. um, one of them has a holes bucket with bottom. holes drilled in it. And then the other one, you put the strainer on top of that bucket and you <laughs> cut a hole in its lid and you set the lid on top of the strainer with the hole in the middle. And then that lines up with the holes that are in the bottom of the other bucket. I use that setup, and when I'm done uncapping all of that wax, I turn around and I dump that entire container of wax cappings, um, all of the honey, everything into that. Mm -hmm. The bucket with the holes in the bottom catches all the big pieces. The strainer Mm -hmm. catches all the the smaller pieces, Mm -hmm. and then you don't waste any of that extra honey. It all goes down in there and strains out. So once that process is complete, you now have a bucket full of wax. Mm -hmm. Or you may, you know... If you just left it into your container, you have a container full of wax. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to say that this is right or wrong, mm-hmm. but we will say that I have done it. Other people have done it. Um, it is personal preference. There are things to be concerned with if you do it, but you can also take that container and set it out somewhere so that the bees can come and clean it and out. They will clean it out. They will, but it'll also, especially if you do it like this late in the year, you're going to have yellow jackets out yeah. there. It's going to alert other predators to where the bees are. It can spread mites from bee to bee to then take them back to their colony. So it's open feeding is not a great thing, but again, it is done. And so therefore if you do it, that's another way you can clean up the wax. Once you've gotten the honey out of the wax, then you turn around and you want to wash it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally I fill up my five gallon bucket that has holes in the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's usually packed down over the top of the holes enough and there's still a little bit of residue there that it doesn't come out very quickly. So I can fill that all the way up with a spray hose of water. And what I usually do is I stick the whole spray hose down inside there and move it around and I'll stick my arm in there and start swirling it around so that it's breaking all the wax up and it's kind of allowing the water to dilute down any of the honey residue that's left. And then it strains all out the bottom, just like the honey did. Mm. And I do that just out in the yard somewhere. Um, a lot of times I will do it in the evening so that it doesn't attract a huge mess of bees because they can still smell the the sweet from mm-hmm. all of that. So you mix that all around, you strain it out, and then you've ended up with a container of wax. Mm-hmm. 
That wax, I then go and I set that bucket over the top of just a, a catch container mm-hmm. so that the rest of the water can continue dripping out of it. Depending on your area, where you're at, things like that, you can take that and once it's dried, you can set it over and I have, um, I think they call them stoneware, but it's like the stuff we used to have when we'd go camping mm-hmm. and they make the- Graniteware. Graniteware? Yeah. And they they make the big, almost like a tamale pot. Mm-hmm. And I've got two of those. And one of them is my initial bucket that I will actually melt. Mm-hmm. And I dump all of my wax every time I have clippings, mm-hmm. cuttings, crushed balls that mm-hmm. I've squeezed up from doing the crush and strain. I put them in that container until that container is full. But if there's moisture, it will mold. And if you have an area where there are hive beetles, they will get in there because there will still inevitably be a little bit of residue and so they will get in there and they will foul things up. So leaving this thing setting for too long is a bad thing. Then you have to give it chickens. Yeah, or just throw it away and then you mm-hmm. you lose all of that. So if you're going through and you're doing an extracting process over the course of a couple of days, you're going to have plenty of wax to go ahead and do this process. Um, you turn around then and I take that container that is made to actually go on a stove and I will fill the bottom of it up with maybe two inches of water. And I set that on the stove and I turn it on low and then I just leave it and I walk away. Now, if you have some people, you know, I bought these pans specifically for this. Some people have old crock pots and you can do the same thing. You can fill the crock pot up with the wax and then turn the crock pot on low, the lowest setting it can get because those suckers get hot Mm -hmm. um, and it will slowly melt down all of that wax. You put a little water in the bottom of it. Yeah, but that's the same thing that I do in the other container. Mm-hmm. You put the water down in there and the the water actually acts as twofold because the wax is going to float on top of the water. The mm-hmm. melted wax will, but all the debris is going to fall to the bottom. And so mm-hmm. it actually helps. That's your first stage of filtration on your wax is to do that, to have that water buffer there. So you end up with this boiling broth of goo and any particulates that were in it that are light like the casings from um, if you had any brood comb, if you were doing crush and strain and there was comb that had previously been used for brood and then they capped it with honey, all of the cocoon and chrysalis debris is still inside that comb. Mm -hmm. And all of that stuff is going to float up to the top. Mm -hmm. That's called slum gum. Slum gum. And that is some dark, nasty Nasty. stuff, Mm -hmm. but it is a very earthy smell Mm -hmm. to it. Um, there, there's something, it doesn't smell, it looks disgusting, but it doesn't smell disgusting. It, it smells earthy and, and, uh, savory in a way, but that stuff, some people will actually take that and use that to paint onto some of their swarm traps because it has the smell of the brood and it has the wax and it has the pheromones. So they'll use that, the slum gum to put into the swarm traps and paint onto the walls and that can help lure bees in. So there is uses for it. Um, I put it into my compost, <laughs> so I just toss it out with that. Um, but then, so what you're going to end up doing though, is now you have this giant vat of boiling hot, not literally boiling cause it should be on low. You hot. might, depending on your, your stove, you might need to turn it up a little bit so that it will go through and fully melt the mm-hmm. wax down, but you've got this giant hot vat of wax. That's all liquid. Mm-hmm. Now I've got another container that is identical to the first one. And that's my finishing container. And what I do on it is I take cheesecloth and I do like a triple layer of cheesecloth and I make it big enough that it will completely cover the top of that pot. And then I take a giant rubber band that's tight enough that it will hold the cheesecloth up Mm -hmm. and I rubber band it around the rim of that pot so that I have just this slight dip in the cheesecloth. Mm -hmm. That becomes my strainer. And that is because 
you don't want to use any of your honey strainers for this process. The wax is hot enough that if it is a plastic strainer, it will actually either melt it or cause it to uh, shrink back to its original size, mm -hmm. which will take the dip out of it and it'll make it a flat, tight piece of plastic. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't want to do that. Plus, you're not ever going to be able to get the wax back out of the plastic strainers. So either use a metal strainer. I do have a big metal strainer that I'll use and you can line that with the cheesecloth or you can just do the cheesecloth. The whole point of that is once that wax solidifies, you can then throw that cheesecloth out and it's gone. So you take that big pot, water, wax, and gunk and all, and you slowly pour it into the other pot through the cheesecloth. The cheesecloth catches all the black, nasty slum gum at the mm -hmm. top, all the wax and fine particulates and water goes through into the bottom. You let that set until it completely cools. And when it does, the heavier particulates are again gonna fall through the water and go to the bottom. The wax is gonna solidify and float on top of the water. Mm -hmm. As it floats on top of the water and it's all cool, you can then break it loose, take that disc out, wash that container out completely and get it all nice and scrubbed up. I got the hiccups now. Um, mm. And then you turn around and flip that disc of wax over and wash and scrub the bottom of it because there are going to be some particulates that were heavy, that were light enough that they floated, but they floated up and stuck to the bottom of the wax. Mm -hmm. So you scrub that off. Then you repeat this process with the clean wax. And I do that in a different container. I actually bought... Um, old pots and pans that mm -hmm. could be used just for this. So I'm using now like uh, a, a pot you would use to cook spaghetti in. And it goes into that pot, which is a clean pot, mm -hmm. not my my first one. Right. It was the big one. Right. Um, and by the way, that giant tamale strainer or tamale steamer cooker graniteware yeah. pot that you, you called. Or canner. Um, that thing completely full of wax when it's all said and done. Plays a bunch. Well, no. So you, you're you talking about something that's a minimum of a foot and a half yeah. tall, right? Mm -hmm. And almost a foot across. Mm -hmm. And oh, completely you got a full one. of wax. You don't get the big No, it's, it's not the massive, massive yeah. one, no. Yeah. Um, but that thing completely full of wax is going to reduce down when it's all melted into a disc that is barely an inch to two inches <laughs> thick and the diameter of that pot. Okay. So you, you, you have this whole pot full no. of wax and it reduces down to this tiny little thing. You take that wax and then you turn around and you put it into the other set of pots. Mm -hmm. And this is the second stage of filtration, but it's repeating the exact same process without the water. So you put that wax in there, you turn it on low, mm -hmm. it warms it so that it slowly melts. And when it's mm -hmm. all completely liquid, you then turn around and you do the same process where you have your strainer. And if you're going to go through and, and do the, like the final stage of it, I've got one more smaller sauce pot. And that sauce pot has the little spigots on the end so that you can pour. And I will take the big pot, put the wax in it, melt it down. And then when it's liquid and it's just on low, I get a metal strainer that sets. Um, it doesn't go down very far, but it sets over the top of my little sauce pot. Mm. I put another layer of cheesecloth in it and I very gently, not on top of the stove, not over your mother or no. wife's kitchen, anything. This stuff's hard to get off. Uh-huh. Pour it slowly through that cheesecloth and metal strainer, mm -hmm. and it will run down through there. And then the stuff that is in your sauce pot has actually now been filtered twice. You've done a mm -hmm. two-stage filtration on it, and it is clean wax that can be poured then directly into a mold. Mm -hmm. And what I do with that first stage of filtration where you end up with a big disc, that's where everything stops for me for the most part. I, I do that. I get it to that stage. I render it down into that first one, filter it out. And whoever buys it can get the next one. Well, no, I'll, I'll do it afterwards. It depends okay. on how they're buying it. If they okay. want to buy it bulk raw, mm -hmm. we sell it by weight in mm -hmm. that disc form. 
But if the, if it's one of my retail outlets, like I have a couple of different stores that buy the wax and mm-hmm. they want it already with a two-stage filtration, mm-hmm. that's what that cube is that I just gave mm-hmm. you. And that cube is exactly one ounce. Okay. And one ounce is the measurement of wax that goes into most recipes for lip balms, salves, things like that. Okay. So what we do is we go ahead and we pre-portion it into these one ounce discs or one ounce cubes, technically. They, they, you can find all kinds of different molds for them. They even have molds that say one ounce beeswax like imprinted on it. Um, but I found some silicone molds that are a perfect cube and they conveniently, if you fill them up to the right level, they come out at exactly an ounce. And so after I've done that second stage of filtration and I've got it in my sauce pot with the little spigots, mm-hmm. I can then pour it into these molds let it set until it completely dries and cures, pop them out, and now I've got one-ounce cubes that I then turn around and sell to the retail establishments, and they then sell them out. You know, uh, I think it's like either a dollar or $2 a cube is how they sell it. Yeah. But that is the that is the initial thing that you can do with your wax. Now, like you said, you can make candles, mm-hmm. and there's an awesome array of silicone wax molds that you can buy for candles. Oh, yeah. But the trick with the wax is that the wax is going to shrink when it cures. So what you do is you fill up that mold, you let it set, you let it cure, and then you fill it up again because the wax is going to shrink away from the mold and you're going to have some odd shapes here and there. Mm -hmm. So once it's cured, you turn around and you pour more hot wax down into the mold with the original wax still there and it will fill in any of these little grooves and crevices and stuff that had originally pulled away or shrank up. So you do that process twice and then... Once it's cured that second time, you pop it out of the mold and you've got a cool little candle or a cool little wax shape. Um, I use, when I'm selling them sometimes at uh, booths and things like that, and we'll sell them in like a two ounce instead of the one ounce. Mm -hmm. There's a a bunch of soap molds that have like honeycomb and bee shapes and things like that. Well, we'll pour them into those molds to sell a hexagonal honeycombed with a bee on it that, you know, people can get for trinkets or gifts or they can use them to melt down for other things or use them for decoration, like whatever they want to do. But that's what I do with my wax. Now I don't actually make any products with it because I don't have time to do anything else. So it gets rendered down once. And then if it's going to the retail establishment, it'll get rendered down a second time and then it comes out nice and pretty and clean like that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, if, the, if somebody wants to buy it in bulk, when we have it, we can sell it in bulk too. But um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily do that second stage of filtration. And if we do have to do that, then the price goes up because it's more work to go through and do. I but, see that. Yeah. But so that's it. And, but you can, you can use it to make lip balms. You can use it to make salves, lotions. Um, you can do all kinds of things with the wax. It can be used to make furniture polish. Um, there is, my brain went blank on that one. Uh, well, you were saying like using it for instruments where you can oh, go yeah. through and, and use it to wax the strings. Wax the strings on a bow yeah. or on your on your bow and arrow, you know, for your hunting bow or those strings on your fiddle bow or, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things you can use it for wax for. Still think we got to get the banjo in there. Yep. <laughs> I bet you this ain't country. Bet you ain't country. Who? A bunch is playing. No, that didn't sound like country. That didn't sound like country. I don't hear them at the moment. No, they're not playing now. Mm. Well, <coughs> so that is uh, in its entirety. That is our show for today. Um, we got to try some honey. We already did try some honey. I know. Oh, you said we got to. We I, got to. As in past tense, not as in need to. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then we even learned how to 
work. Can, uh, wax, beeswax. Yeah, that was that was the original point of the episode, yeah. and then uh, Ken hijacked it with his um, additional honey tasting. So, yeah. so that's what we got for everybody for today. Hopefully, you in, uh, enjoyed it. Um, there was some little bits of information there towards the end. Hopefully, that will come in handy for your beekeeping adventures. But the whole first half of this was basically just uh, you know grins and giggles and goofiness for uh, for us to go through and taste <laughs> some honey here. So, and we'll have some different kinds of honey next week, or and whenever we do it. <laughs> Whenever, whenever you want to do it, I know. I got uh, different uh, blueberry and cranberry and orange blossom. I won't tell you the other one. Oh, I mean, you, you, we can, but almond. It's just, yeah, God, God nobody makes nobody soul. makes almond honey. That's because it's freaking nasty. Oh, well, we'll find out, and we will find out next time on the Hive Chat. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret, the Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening, and be safe out there.